Well, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. Hello. This is What the Fear, a podcast about all things dark, just a little bit spoopy. Yeah, just stories and, and stuff that like makes us go what the fuck at night. Yeah, know? stuff that we love that we think nobody else knows about, but let's be real, you guys totally know about all this stuff. So what are we talking about today, Gwenny? What's, what's the sitch? So I thought I would bring a story that is one of my absolute favorites. And yeah. I've mentioned this in previous episodes called The Stairs in the Woods. Uh, oh, that's right. In the woods. We did, yeah. So we're talking about... So the theme... We don't normally... We're not trying to do themed episodes, but it seems like the last couple of them have been themed. But so today's theme is definitely creepy pasta. Well, yeah. Like, so I... This story actually comes from the No Sleep subreddit. <gasps> Mine too. Okay. So it was posted by user um, Search and Rescue Woods. Now, I'm not going to say the whole story or read it bit by bit, just because, one, it's in parts, so there's actually a lot of meat to these um, stories. Yeah, let's let's also preface this that uh, the rule in the No Sleep subreddit is that the, the stories there belong to the people who post them, so we're not trying to step on anybody's feet. We just want to talk a little bit about them editorially. Not just that. We want people to actually go and read them. Yes. So if if you're interested, if you've not heard of this before, you can now go to our fresh new website, which is uh, WTFearCast.com. So WTFearCast.com, if that makes sense. You'll find a link in the description. Don't worry about it. But So if you're, if you're interested, all of our credit links will be there. You can check it out. Okay. All right. So that disclaimer out the way. For me... I've always kind of been, when it comes to fear, mm-hmm. um, stuff like the supernatural and stuff like that usually doesn't get to me because it's just so out there, like ghosts, demons, all this other well, stuff. Well, it's not stuff you believe in. Yeah, so... Yeah, it's not coming from a place of belief. Like, when I want to be spooked, I usually suspend my beliefs for stuff like that. But right. one thing that always puts a good creepy kind of vibe in me is when something just innocuous can be the threat i love that and so what i love about the stories that this user posted is that he claims to be a search and rescue you know officer in a national park he doesn't say which right he just says that it's like a well-known yeah he doesn't say which because he's afraid of you know his likelihood or livelihood livelihood and yeah apparently you know as a trainee he comes across these stairs like a staircase, like a staircase that you find in your house or, you know, in an apartment complex, you know, just anywhere you would find stairs that are meant to be indoors. Mm-hmm. It's like they just got ripped out and are now in the middle of somewhere in the forest. But the odd thing about them is that they're like neatly cut out. Like they're like, it's not like ripped, like like maybe a house disintegrated around it. It's like this perfectly cut out section of stairs. Yeah, like that's the eerie part about it. It's not like, oh, there's ruins around it or there used to be a house here. Now the stairs are the only thing that survived, you know? <laughs> it's crazy. So just that in and of itself makes you go, it makes your imagination go wild. It's like, what are these things doing here? The thing that I love about this story is that it never addresses. It leaves everything up to your imagination. And I love when horror or anything that's trying to be scary does this. Because your imagination could be more fucked up than what anyone could put on paper. Well, like, the less detail it gives you, the more your own personal fears and insecurities kind of toss it around in your mind. And you build up your own kind of, like terror especially like when you come to like cosmic horror i mean you talk about stuff like hp lovecraft yeah he never really gives a shape or you know a certain look to a creature i mean yeah you know there's a lot of tendrils and stuff like that but you never get a solid image because it's supposed to be an image that's so fucked up Mm -hmm. in lovecraft's case the whatever detail or descriptors we get is always how undescribable the thing is exactly yeah so you really have to kind of make up this image in your head Mm mm-hmm I agree. And so with these stairs, what I love about it is that there is no explanation. There is no, well, what happens if you climb them? He gives examples of people who have and have survived and then, but they don't have the same results every time. Like different stuff happens to different people who have climbed them. And then, of course, there's this weird urge to want to climb these stairs. And the reason I also love this is because... 
it syncs up with someone that for a while I really like to listen to, even though he's kind of a quack. We talked about it. We think we talked about it last episode. We talked about David Politis just a little bit. Yeah, the missing 411 guy. Yeah. So if you don't know who that is, he's all over YouTube. Just look up missing 411. You You'll find him. He's yeah, he's very popular. It's yeah. It was in vogue not that long ago in the paranormal community. Yeah, and not so that, yeah. So the thing about it is, is mysterious disappearances in like national parks and um you know wooded areas. And I just think in my mind, you know, I'd like to kind of think that in this fantasy world that I'm kind of creating, that that's why they go missing. Like they find these just weird oh, stairs God, in the scary. woods. You know? Yeah. How creepy. Yeah, and so it's just crazy stuff like that. But I definitely recommend these stories. Please go check them out at the No Sleep um, subreddit. I'll have a link. I'll um, put a link on the website. They are so good. And if you can find an audio version of it where somebody just reads them, you know, because you don't have the time oh, to read it or whatever. I'm pretty sure there's a YouTube video with all that on Yeah. Um, just look up Staircase in the Woods. Like, that's what it's called. Mm. And I guarantee you, you're in for a treat. Just because, like I said, my favorite kind of horror, or not even horror, because I don't even think you can classify this as horror. It's a mystery. Yeah. It's something that is unknown, and therefore it brings fear, mm -hmm. because we fear that unknown. It could, it could be, I think it could be labeled cosmic horror, because it's so, it has no discernible features to it other than the stairs and we don't really know what happens to people around it and what happens and why it's there so it's beyond our understanding which is kind of the root of cosmic horror and what i also love about these stairs is that it really makes you question authority because it always mm. seems like the higher-ups they know it's not like a secret yeah Everyone apparently knows about this. Anyone that's been working there for a while. And they literally, their only response to everything is, okay, just don't climb them. Ignore them. Just stay away from them. Keep people away from them. You stay away from them and definitely don't talk about it. Yeah, and don't talk about it. Like, it's some sort of big hush-hush secret. Mm -hmm. And like I said, there's... In the stories, there's people who have climbed these stairs and have different experiences. Like, there's one where a lady climbs all the way to the top, reaches out, and all of a sudden her arm is gone. Just cleanly gone. It's almost as if she's reached into a portal and her, her the other part of her arm that's cut off is in a house somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's That's insane. And the, here's the thing. That's one experience. There's some people that have climbed up and experienced nothing. There's people that have gone up and disappeared. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's where, you know, my mind kind of combines it with David Politis. But that's a whole different story. We'll have to do a show on Politis one day where it's just talking about everything because there's so much to unpack with him. Yeah. And so, like I said, the best part about the stairs in the woods, is it aliens? Is it cosmic? Is it, you know, supernatural in a different way? Mm -hmm. It's all up to the reader to kind of formulate what these stairs are. Mm -hmm. And I love it. I kind of feel like because it's it feels like an inside not job, but like since all the upper higher ups know about it, what if it's some kind of government test gone awry? And you know, it's uh, interesting. It, it really is. And like I said, for me, it, I would have never looked at a staircase in someone's house and been like, "What if I put these in the woods?" Yeah. And now add a supernatural element to it. Yeah. Because. If you do believe, because I'm not saying it's foolish to believe in any supernatural stuff or anything like that. Far from it. Yeah, far from it. Just because I don't. But what if now you look at your stairs and think, what if I climb these and instead of being on my second floor or you're going down to the first floor, instead of ending up on the floor you were going to, you end up somewhere else in your own home. Yeah, I mean, because if they were stairs going down into the earth, that's proper scary because that makes sense. Right. But the idea that you have a flight of stairs that has no discernible floor it's leading to, it's just sitting there, is eerie. It's really, really eerie. I love that story. Could you imagine at that point, you go into a house, right? They warn you it's haunted or whatever. Mm -hmm. You see a ghost. Yeah, you're going to be scared, but you expect a ghost. If you're reading a story about a haunting, you're going to expect ghosts. You're going to expect demons. You're going to expect all this other stuff. Otherworldly. But you don't expect the staircase, you know, you don't expect 
just some mundane ass item mm-hmm. to be the source of your fear. At that point, I would I would imagine say someone took a doorway. Exactly. Just a doorway with an open with a door, the full the full bracket, right? The full frame of a door, the door closed. You walk around the door on all sides, it's just a standing door in its frame. You go to open it, but nobody knows what happens when you open the door, much less cross the threshold. Exactly. At this point, you'd be afraid of doors. Yeah. And and the reason I love that is because you see doors every day. You see yeah, stairs. Yeah, totally normal items. You know, these are normal items you see day to day. Mm-hmm. It's something tangible, something that you've had experiences with. Most people have never had an experience with a ghost. I, for one, have never had paranormal, you know experiences so i can't relate to anyone who has and so that's why for me when i go see a movie or read a book about ghosts it never really phases me but when i read this about the stairs it really fucked me up because i climb stairs on the daily when i go to work it's true yeah and on that note talking about paranormal stuff just to like tie in do a little bit of a tie-in if you have any cool paranormal stories true or otherwise don't matter you know the email send it to us that'll be on the website too (laughs) wow listen i want to i want to get to know people and i want to know their stories i think it'd be fun please share those with us because to me those are the best stories i'm interested especially in local urban legends everybody has local urban legends and i'm not talking about like the big ones that everybody can search there are people that i remember in um when i in my hometown our school the girls bathroom was supposed to be haunted in our in our middle school and you had to do a very specific thing to call out the ghosts there you know and the one time we played bloody mary in there with the lights off and stuff like that there was there's always very specific things it's almost like the calgary keys you know you do this thing in this one place and this will happen and everybody has those kinds of tales we'll see a good one is our uh the community college that i went to oh yeah um, I went there too there was a room now once again whether you want to attribute it to ghost or whatever it's up to you but for me, I prefer to think that it was the room. The room itself was the the object, the special, you know. It was in a space unto its own. Yeah, and so supposedly the story is that a kid was left behind in there, fell asleep, somehow or another got locked into the room. Ooh, I think he told me about this once. Yeah, and so they, for whatever reason, passed away in there. Oh. Don't know how. Maybe they lacked medicine. I'm not too sure. Right. The specifics are always, you know, depending on who you ask, the story changes. A friend of a friend of a friend of mine heard of this. Yeah. Yeah. Even when you ask the the staff there, you yeah. know, the story changes based on who you ask. Right. End of end of the story is somebody supposedly passed away in this room. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the the part of it. If you happen to rent out or not rent out, well, yeah, rent out that room because you you would have to basically put in um is it like a like a study room yeah so you you basically had to put in reservation for it Mm -hmm. or sign off on it and so you would go in there with your group or whatever and if you stayed past a certain hour the door would slowly close like you know how when you leave a door open but the wind shuts it for you yeah kind of like that it would apparently shut and lock i love that and no matter what you did you couldn't open it not even people on the outside could open it Wow, so you were stuck. So you were trapped until the study room was opened the next day. Or if you were. hours. Yeah, or if you were unfortunate enough to stay there Friday night, well, now you're stuck till Monday morning. Jeez, uh, no windows? Nope. Really? Yeah, it was literally in the middle of the library. So the only window out was into the library. I I remember you telling me about that. and, uh, And then also. The on that same campus, there's an old building. I think it's the math building. Uh, the one. It, well, my math class was in it, and it was in the old building. And yeah. everybody was like, "Oh, I forgot what the name of the building is." Oh, that's that place is mega haunted. And I used to take an evening class there for math. I was taking remedial math. <laughs> no shame. I never experienced anything. It's just an old building, and I think the reason why the old building was so eerie is because old buildings are very narrow and short because people weren't huge like they are now, I guess. And so they're very close quarters, a little bit suffocating. And I think that's what makes people uncomfortable. I mean, I honestly, I think it's just that it's been there for so long. Yeah, that it must be haunted. Yeah, it must be haunted. Yeah. But 
reeling it back to the original topic, you right, know. Right, right, right. We got a little off course. Tell us what you are afraid of if you're afraid of anything, you know. Yeah. Um, and I know it sounds silly, but what if, what if, you know, one day you are writing with a pen and everything you write happens? Well, I think in the same principle can also be applied to like you ever you ever just see. Well, I mean, I grew up I grew up in pretty rural like land and stuff like that. And if I ever just saw like a couch out in the brush or in our little small forest that we had, whatever, that weirded me out because it was like a totally just innocuous couch out in the tree and brush. Why is this here? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's always it's I think it's taking something from familiar surroundings and putting it in a place that it doesn't make sense and that just it rings all the, the alarm bells because it is it doesn't match. And of course there is that tinge of the supernatural involved. Yeah, I love that. This this is what my kind of horror is. So mm-hmm. if you guys really want to push my buttons for the better this is how but you do it send anything I'll, I'll i'll be super happy no matter what well see if you send me stories like this i will send digital kisses over the internet oh sweet digital kisses so do you have anything else for us related to the stairs or is that just you wanted to give us just kind of a little overview i just kind of want to give an overview because i can't stress this enough you guys really should read these i don't want to do a st- any part of it because one I don't want to step on this guy's, you know, yeah, coattails. And secondly, yeah. it's really good. It really is good. It I really recommend. First hand reading. Yeah. Okay. Or listen, you know, there's some people out there that do readings of it. Uh, you remember Otis Jiry? Yes. He, I think he may have a reading of it. He also has a podcast uh, that I just recently found. So we might give him a try for it. He's an excellent, excellent. He's just amazing. Yes. Okay. Well... <laughs> super wow. rude, rude. Uh, if you're done my time to shine no uh so since we since we're on the realm of creepypasta which is kind of funny i wanted to share with you guys my favorite creepypasta because whereas gwen is more of a supernatural cosmic horror kind of existential horror person yeah. i am of the real kind of horror which is true crime i love 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 true crime but i didn't want to just do a podcast about true crime because there's a billion of them well see and and the reason it's not that and, i dislike true no crime. yeah it's not your thing either the, the problem i have with true crime is that sometimes you you read so much of it or view so much of it that you start getting paranoid of I do everything paranoid. and everyone yes i have and the funny thing is is not to well maybe this is a good reason to not dox ourselves when works nights and i'm often home alone uh ruminating on all the things that i've read and so i'm always maybe we should get extra locks you know like i've always i've always like maybe i should maybe i should keep a gun you know what i mean like it's just it gets escalated it's just it's ridiculous well see not just that like with the stairs in the woods you know you're not going to go into a forest and find an actual stairs you know how about we just don't go into forest but the thing with true crime (laughs) is that there are people who are that messed up there the thing about true crime is it doesn't matter where you are you could just be unlucky yeah and like i said people can be that messed yeah. up so the so my favorite creepypasta is kind of a uh storytelling it's fictional but it is a storytelling in a very real way in a very true crime way and, and the name of it pen pal yeah i love that one pen pal is amazing now i'm going to Again, these are from the No Sleep subreddit. Not trying to step on anybody's toes. Please don't DMCA us because I'm not going to read the whole story out here. I just want to give you guys a synopsis and a little bit of information about it and the guy who wrote it. And if you're interested, again, links will be available. So um, now I found this story while going through a bunch of the... There are a lot of... There's an aggregate subreddit that takes... It's like a, a big aggregate of links of different other subreddits and stories where people have been like what's the scariest thing you've ever read on reddit or stuff like that my my gpa yeah (laughs) yeah you know what i mean like it's just it's usually like an ask reddit or something and while going through that i came upon this story because it you know it branches out and goes all over the place now correct me if i'm wrong you actually purchased the physical book yes i have i have a physical copy of the book and I don't know where it is. I it's disappeared. Maybe the ghost took it. But it was the it was the cursed drawer. <laughs> yeah, 
but I, I I liked it enough that I spent the eight bucks to get it. So that's that should tell you something because I don't like paying for anything if I don't have to. And so, like I said, it's on these like amazing aggregate subreddits. These wonderful people who will actually compile all this different stuff. I might post post a few links on some of those if you're interested. Uh, I'm gonna start with one of the rules on the R No Sleep subreddit, and it's rule number eight. And it says, quote, everything is true here, even if it's not. Users are to act as though everything is true on, on no sleep and treat it as such in posts and comments. Just smack the mic. I don't know if the, if the rules that are set up are like a new thing. From when I was reading it, it was like all stories are true kind of thing. Yeah. So now they're kind of playing into it. It doesn't matter if it's true or not. They're true. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's kind of obviously telling you have fun with it yeah just have fun with it a little bit of background all right so the the story is written by a guy named dathan arbach i think that's how you pronounce his name it's his last name is spelled a-u-e-r-b-a-c-h arbach i mean words i already told you i'm terrible with them yeah so that's i'm guessing that's how you pronounce his name dathan i'm sorry if i said it wrong as based on a series of stories he posted to the subreddit No Sleep under the username 1000 Vultures, and this is in March of 2010, the series was originally called Footsteps. And it was meant to be a standalone story, but then Auerbach kept writing stories and narrated as that same protagonist and open with the same format. And some really cool things, and this is kind of like the norm for the No Sleep subreddit, but he would also respond to posts, comments, in character as that protagonist. So there yeah. was this dialogue going back and forth as the stories continued. He continued to post the stories and got so much publicity, it, it ended up becoming a full-length novel. So he published the, the novel paperback in, on July 11th of 2012 via his own imprint on 1000 Vultures. I think it's a .com. It's his own website. And this time, it, the stories were more fleshed out. They were meticulously refined. I guess he had an editor to go yeah. and, and just suss well, that out. Well, because, I mean, when you're going to write a book, it's obviously not going to be like you just posted it on Reddit. Exactly. It's Grammatical errors and all. Totally different experiences, which I kind of like, to sidebar just for a second, I kind of like the the experience on reddit because there is a dialogue back and forth with people that enriches the story of like oh my god and then well, them not, getting more information you not know not just that like as a storyteller you know sometimes you get feedback from like i said i can only do my experience from dungeons and dragons mm-hmm. um sometimes my players would say or do something that's like I can add that to my story in a way or another. It's similar. You're world building. Yeah. You're world building. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. So, yeah, when you're actually interacting, like, on Reddit with, like, comments and stuff, you know, maybe somebody will ask a question that makes you go, I didn't think about that. And you can simply, the the beautiful thing about it is, like, actually, I do have some more on that, you know, X part. I'll post it in my next post. Yeah. Gives you time to flesh it out a yeah, little bit, too. Yeah, and you're thinking about it. And then and then you're also getting that, that real-time feedback of, maybe that this isn't scaring them enough, but then the things that they're mentioning is like, oh, that's what scares them. Okay, well, we'll fold that in a little bit. You know, it's pretty cool. Well, so he this went on to be a 240-page novel, which instead of being called Footsteps was called Pen Pal. And... He did this without a publicist or any official marketing team at all. And it... Pen- I mean, when you have that much attention on Reddit, do you really need a publicist? Well, no, but, be- but because books are kind of a weird world to break into. Fair enough. It's I mean, a- I don't know the true in and outs of, I- you know, publishing or being an author or anything like that. Well, I so. don't... I, I know just a very cursory... I've done some research into it because I'm an illustrator and I want to do children's books so learning about how getting your books published and stuff it's kind of a fishy situation so sometimes you need that publicist because they do all the dirty work for you you know what i mean fair enough and the the cool thing is it even made it i've never i've heard of bloody disgusting's like website but uh in 2010 it made its list of 10 best horror novels which is pretty cool which honestly it really is good if you're into true crime it's kind of even stuff. if you're not into true crime, it's very, very on the seat. It has you on the edge of your seat for the whole story. This is true because a lot of times you read these kinds of like stories and stuff and you kind of already formulated who it is. Yeah. In this one. And 
I'm pretty sure Inky can, you know, vouch for me. I'm pretty good at guessing or at least figuring out who who done it. A plot. Yeah. She's very good at, at figuring out the plot, the major point of the plot, the point of the plot of either who done it or what's going to be the result at the end, which is infuriating to me because I'm like, of course you knew that. Of course you fucking did, because we can't. She never. But to her credit, she doesn't exactly like lean over and go, hey, fuck you. Here's the spoiler. She'll just keep it in very politely. And then as we're leaving the theater, she'll be like, "Uh, yeah, 45 minutes or 30 minutes into the movie. I already knew what was going to happen. Of course you fucking did, because that's just how the kind of person that you are. See, here's the thing. It wasn't always that way because she kind of doubted me at first. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, we've been together for years. I mean, but like at first she doubted my I guess my my power of observation or deduction as whatever you you have. Sherlock Holmes would say. But um, no, there was times where she would in the there was times in the movies you'd be like, okay, so what do you think's happening? And I'll tell you. Yeah, because I asked you. And I would explain why and sure shit here we come end of the movie yeah. exactly as maybe, i said maybe that's just a testament to how uncreative movies are being these days this, i don't know this is true though this is so true like movies have become so just stenciled we just went on a whole that's yeah. a whole other rep so yeah. let's let's continue let's, let's get, get back, back on, the on pen track pen. so an interesting note that i found during my research according to let's see Oh, it doesn't have the... Okay, apparently, when you look at the Docs Mobile, it doesn't show your uh, credits. <laughs> oh, here they are. Cool. Uh, if film rights to Pinpo were, were optioned by producer Rich Middlemus in 2012, according to Wikipedia. So, I don't know if anything's going to come of that movie-wise. I kind of don't want there to be a movie made of it. Especially because I already envisioned... How this would play out in my head. I already, yeah, have, I already have a way my own version. I really don't want to be disappointed with, you know, some Hollywood exec fucking it up. Because you know they're going to change a lot of major plot elements. And it's just not going to be fun. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I have a little bit of, of quotes from a website called Complex.com. And this is a an interview with Death and Arbach. It was done in 2013. Of course, links and everything will be there. But I want to make sure I source it. Yeah. And this is in regards to the idea and how he conceptualized the story. And he says, quote, my mom denies that this ever happened. But as a kid, I distinctly remember waking up on my porch outside cold and in my underwear. My mom insists that it couldn't have possibly happened. So I guess I'll never know. But I've carried that memory around for years. When I was a kid, most of my nightmares were really short and really simple. I was raised in a single-parent household my entire childhood. So whenever I had a dream about parents, it always involved my mom. I would have these dreams where I'd be hanging out and then all of a sudden some dude would approach me, scoop me up, and walk away. Sometimes my mom would be waving goodbye, which didn't help. That wasn't too comforting. And then, oh, and then that was the end of the nightmare. How fucked up is that, though? Yeah. You know, the the one figure you have in this You're world. The only solid pillar of, of of parental support you have. And they're like, bye, bye-bye. Yeah, it's like, oh, bye-bye. It's like, uh, what is that scene in... Um, Kung Pao. Kung Pao. Yeah, it's like, oh, such a cute baby. Goodbye. Yeah, and just rolls the baby back down. It's like, wow. So then uh, there's a little bit more to the quote. He says, the idea of disappearing, of someone kidnapping me, was something always manifested in my dreams. I'm kind of, it's weirdly said, so I'm kind of changing it around. Everybody can understand that the inherent horror of that idea, that combined with this idea that people can't perfectly remember everything from their childhood, that was really the impetus for footsteps. Which is really fucked up. I don't know what happened to this guy. Yeah, and this, I we we should probably mention this too, mm. um, just in case, because mm-hmm. we don't want to hear any feedback about how we didn't warn you. There is um, very very dark. Oh, I'm going to get to that. subjects involved in this story. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get I'm going to get to that because um, I have a little bit of a, a little bit of a synopsis. Uh, I've got this. Summary from a website called Grade Saver, which is a study guide where they take where people submit TLDRs of books 
I guess like Cliff's notes almost, but maybe not as detailed. Yeah. And so uh, I have a little bit of a synopsis on just just the beginning part of what's going on. And it says, quote, the story is told from the perspective of an unnamed boy in kindergarten as part of an assignment. He and his classmates tied notes to a balloon and set them afloat. The notes were requests that the finder of the balloons would reply and become pen pals for each child. All the other kids, including the main protagonist's best friend, Josh, get replies, but our storyteller did not. However, by the end of the school year, strange things began happening to the boy. Someone sent him several photographs. Chillingly, the pictures were of the boy, the protagonist, and his mother in various activities indicating that they had a stalker. So, like you said, disturbing because it is a child who has a stalker, so keep that in mind. And here's the thing. You, the story's being told from the perspective of the child. Of the child, yes. So whenever he sees the adults react in a certain way, to him, he doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. To him, he's talking to his friend. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, him. it doesn't make any sense why his mom is panicking. It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it kind of keeps you on the edge of your seat, because you're reading this, and he does a really good job of putting yourself in the kid's See In his thought process. Yeah, so you feel like that kid, like you're reading it and you're thinking to yourself, well, why is this woman acting this way? But then being an adult reading it, you you put yourself in the perspective of their mother going, oh my God, you know? Exactly. But as as well, even though we've warned that it's pretty dark, there's nothing sexual said in it. So that's good. Yeah, I will just say there is a lot of assumption though. Yeah, there's a lot of speculation. Okay. Uh, In the months that followed, there were more disturbing occurrences, including the mother of an elderly woman who lived in the same neighborhood as the storyteller. One night, our protagonist awakens to find himself in the woods with no memory of how he got there. And that's basically how that story starts. So if you guys are interested, definitely look up Pen Pal or Footsteps if you want to read the Reddit version with all the comments and stuff. Um, Pen Pal is worth the, the eight bucks to purchase. It if, really is. I don't know if I'm sure you can get it on a like e-reader, Kindle, whatever you use. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I didn't look into that. I feel bad. But, I mean, not just that. I'm pretty sure you can listen to it online. Yeah, there's got to be a audiobook version of it, or I'm sure somebody has done a reading of it on YouTube. Yeah. So um, that's really all I, I and what I wanted to do was I wanted to tie this to a real life true crime but i couldn't find one that was suitable and i also didn't want it to be too much of a downer <laughs> and see for me my tie-in was once again um david politis david politis which is and, amazing uh, it's an amazing for, story for it's easy for him to kind of draw you in into his like way of thinking he's very charismatic yeah so when you when you watch this keep in mind he has already kind of been shown to be a quack well because he first started um, with Bigfoot theories and stuff, and then I don't know. I don't know if he first started or if he's just now starting to bring up Bigfoot. Uh, he it, won't say it directly, but he very much he hints at he it. does the whole like, well, it's such a mysterious, you it know, could be yeah, yeah, that there's just no logical way it couldn't be this. Yeah, but just suspend your beliefs. Just don't let him pull you in because, like I said, he has been proven to be a quack. Yeah. But do check it out because it is interesting and it is scary because some of these cases actually are real. The people are real. No, all the cases that David Politis uh, links together in his Missing 411 series are real. Yes. All of them. Correction. They are all real. They are all real. And in some instances, they are really, really, really mysterious. I feel bad for not remembering this gentleman's name, but there was a man who went missing and his wife had a a voicemail on her cell phone. And you could hear the sounds of pain. Oh, yeah. Like yelling and screaming. That's right. From her husband. Um, and it all these and other noises in the background, another person talking to him, either saying shut up or stop it or I something like that. I remember that. And it's, it is, if you don't like the sound, like if you can't handle 911 calls and stuff, I would not suggest looking into it. But, but we are weird individuals. Yeah, I'm fucked. I'm fucked in the head. And there, I we were watching because David Politis has a number of his own self-made documentaries. I think he has two now. Yeah. And I think on either one of the, I think in the first one they talk, they discuss this gentleman who had gone missing. His wife got the voicemail, and then 
they go for like a huge radius search of where he was they find nothing and then months later in a previous in that same well documentedly searched area they find him in a body of water and that's one thing about uh politis's stories that bodies of water are in one way associated with these missing people it's a huge and it's funny i was thinking oh i was gonna look for a true crime this kid keeps waking up in a forest this is true. So it kind of ties into it. But yeah, you are correct. It's bodies of water, and they always involve um, people being searched for in areas, not being found, but then being found in those areas months later. And here's the thing. The in thing, good condition. The, well, not always. Not always. In some cases, they do end up finding a body. However, the body is not... In a state of decomposition. That's what I'm saying. They find it in good condition. Oh, I thought you meant like alive. No, no, no. They find it in not in it only recently decom like decomposing. Yeah, and in one instance, which was very interesting, and one of my favorite cases hmm. is this little kid. Now I forget the age because I have seen this a lot. Like I've I've There's seen a so lot many of cases. Yeah, yeah, I've seen so many of his cases. I've seen so many of his documentaries that I kind of forget. But it's a child that's, like, no older than 10. Like, it's impossible for him to be older than 10. I think they said, like, 4 or 5. Are you talking about the little little boy who went walking for miles and miles and miles and miles? Yeah, he disappears and is, like, miles away from where he's supposed to be when they find him. Where they find him. Here's the thing. Miles away, but miles up. Like, he is up in the mountains. In the snow, in the forest. Here's the thing. The kid is... Not malnourished. No. He is not dirty, except for his clothes. He's got food in his stomach. He has food in his stomach. Well, no, he's not dead. They find him. Oh, then we're not. Then uh, that's not. No, no, no. This is a different one. Okay, okay. My bad. So they find the kid, mind you, a month after he goes missing. And he's in good health. Yeah, he's in good health. Yes. And when they bring this kid back in, they ask him, you know. What did you see? What happened? happened? You You know, they're trying to get information out of him. Mm -hmm. Was this some sort of kidnapping? And he says it was the mountain man. And it's the hairy man. It was the hairy man, the mountain man. Like he kind of, those are the two names he kind of attributes to this person. And this is where David Politis kind of spins it into the whole like, oh, well, it was maybe Bigfoot, you know? I think, I think it was just um, someone who lived off the grid, found him, took care of him. I mean, at this point, who knows? Um, maybe, but maybe kidnapped him, felt bad. Could be, could be. I mean, there's so many things it could be. The reason why I think about that, um, I think about a person living off the grid, was because I just recently remember I was telling you, I was telling you about that story. Uh, I listened to like another big, really big true crime podcast called My Favorite Murder. Everybody should know that. A huge, I mean, I, a huge I, podcast. I didn't know about it. But um, I was listening through their backlog, and they were doing a story on an I Survived, where it's these two men go fishing in the Appalachian Trail, and they get shot by this guy who'd been living out in the woods for six months. He'd gone missing from his town. How? Yeah. I mean, I'm a little diva, so I can understand. Well, I mean, like, he was an older man. I, I would not be caught dead in the mountains unless there was a reason for me to be out there. So you've got to think there's this guy living out in the in the Appalachian Trail Mountains, which are like destitute mountain. You're the most mountainous, forested region. I don't know much about it, but just the way they made it seem was like it's way out in the middle of literally nowhere. Oh, yeah, you couldn't get me out there. So you got this man living out there for six months and when they see him, when they finally show him, he's like this gaunt... I wouldn't say hairy because he didn't have like long hair or beard or anything. He's just this gaunt man. But... Some people who live on the mountain, they let their hair grow. They let their beard grow. And what if there was somebody living out there for months and months on his own? I mean, and like I said, that is a very distinct possibility. I mean, we've also... Now, this is probably less likely the case, but Mm. I'd like to believe it because I'm weird that way. What, you're you're a Bigfoot believer? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. No, but I do like to believe that maybe a bear found this kid. Oh, he made friends with a bear? I, I mean... It, well, it depends on <clears throat> if it was in winter or not. It was. Maybe the bear was hibernating and the kid just slept next to it for warmth. But then that doesn't explain how he got fed. Maybe there... Don't 
Oh no, bears just eat a bunch of and then go to sleep. Yeah. Right? I was gonna say maybe the bear, the bear had food in the cave, but now they don't. Interesting fact: bears will eat specific berries and different types of food to plug their butts while they sleep. Yeah. Now you've learned something. We are educational. Yeah. Now we can now we'll add the educational tag to our podcast. That being said, could you imagine the poop they have to take the instant they wake up? But they're built. It must be the most satisfying. It can okay. It could go either way. It could either be like one of the most satisfying cleansing poops you've ever had, or a total nightmare. I mean, here's the thing. It, it really is the case where it could be the best poop of your life or the worst. Because imagine you had the capacity to hibernate like a bear. Yeah. And you ate fifty pounds of Taco Bell. Well, that's not the right kind of food no, to make here, a plug. Hold on. No, you you eat this. They don't just eat the stuff to plug their butthole. Oh, okay, okay. They eat it in layers. They eat the stuff that plugs their butthole, and then they eat the 50 pounds of food. Oh. So in your case, yeah, you would eat the stuff that's going to plug your butthole, and then and you then would eat Taco the 50 Bell. pounds of Taco Bell. Here's the thing. Oh, God, I want to eat 50 pounds of Taco Bell right now. No, no human should put that kind of gastrointestinal like stress on themselves. Oh, I want to, though. Can I, be, can I volunteer? But just imagine... The manslaughter that would happen. The manslaughter. Oh my god. The I just I mean, okay. I know we're being kind of gross, so I'm sorry, but imagine the last time you were really constipated. Just imagine the very last time that you've been super constipated, which I know is hard for you because you are a golden sphincter. You don't have any problems with that. <laughs> but I am always sick. And I'm thinking of the last time that I was like super constipated and having to go to the bathroom. I don't think I would enjoy that. Yeah, no, it just sounds terrible. But anyway, I, we digress. But uh, so there are like a lot of factors that I know I mentioned before some of them that Politis, ha- he has this MO that he's like, it's not so much an MO, but it's a list of factors that are all coincide one with one another in these cases it's bodies of water people it, mysteriously disappearing people missing not being found immediately but being found months later in the same spot that has already been searched or in, or in in uh places where they should not have been able to get to yes not not have been able to get to usually in bodies of water in extremely good condition they'll have been missing for months but their bodies will only be like two weeks worth of composition or two months worth of composition as opposed to a year. Or in some cases, hours or days. Yeah. Like they've just freshly died, but yet they've been dead for a long time. And the thing is, it's not like, oh, well, they died a day ago, but their clothes shows that they've been out and about for yeah, however long. Yeah, no, their clothes long. are good. No, their clothes look like they just went missing yesterday. Or a month or a week or whatever. Um and then there's also a so those are like the major ones but then there's also if you look at a bullet list how you have like sub bullets that sometimes apply but don't always apply but it seems to be people who are educationally impaired or some kind of impairment maybe special needs especially in children especially children who can't speak very well maybe autistic children that usually come back alive yeah but can't say anything about where they've been because they don't speak yeah or they they can't fully put their articulate it yeah they can't really put what they're trying to say into words Mm -hmm. i'm trying to remember this is just us riffing off of what we remember because we did like a whole binge of it not too long ago like a year ago um so yeah it's we're gonna have to do an episode on it even though we've told you guys the gist of it but maybe pick a few cases from it that are i'll never forget we can do like we did with the calgary keys we can do you know our favorite politis cases well like the gentleman that i told you about with the voicemail i'll never forget that man i mean i may have may not remember his name but i'll always remember him because that voicemail is haunting it really is. It's awful. And it's one of those things that makes me wonder, why did that lady keep it? Because it's the only clue she has. I mean, I know, but I mean, at this point, it's been years. Yeah. Odds are... It's not going to be solved. The The sad part of it is probably dead. 
That would be no, such No, they found a- his body. They found him. Well, then, yeah, he's dead. That's just the- such a cruel reminder. Yeah, the, the the thing is, it's the only thing... I don't think she kept it. I think the police have it now, obviously. Okay, because I was going to say, it. like, that would be such a cruel reminder. Like, I if, if I had that voicemail, I would be like, this shit is... Take my phone. I don't want it yeah. anymore. It's... But it's so... It is, it is the most... Uh, things like that normally don't bother me. Like nine one one calls usually don't bother me unless somebody somebody is being brutally attacked. But that one will never ever leave my memory. I will remember that man every day. And sometimes I think about him. Sometimes I think about other people that have gone missing. It's like, what happened to you? Where did you go? You Where know, did what, you come from, Kanai Joe? What did you see? Oh, yeah. But yeah, um, it's it's so stressful. It's it freaks me out. I've lost I mean, sleep over that. She really has. Yeah, I lose sleep over those people because I think about them a lot, and I'm like, if only we could see what you saw while you what what with what happened. And the thing about it is, is that these people. Oh, I missed another part. So they're found in bodies of water, but they don't have evidence of being drowned. They don't have any water in their lungs usually. Oh yeah, that's right. Well. In a lot of cases, because there are a few where that's why I say usually, yeah. Like I think there was one, um, like which is one that you basically said like some of them do drown, which was this young man who I think it was in on Halloween. He went to a party and then he got they were drunk and he walked home because he couldn't drive. I think so. And then they he fell over a bridge, but they searched him. They did the whole dragging of the river. It was like a creek or a riverbed or something. They didn't find him. Then they find him. Somebody finds him in that area. Where they had just searched. Yeah, not a few weeks later. But he looked like he had just died yesterday. Not just and that. And he had water in his lungs. Not just that. He was. He did drown. Mm-hmm. In water, he should have not been able to drown in, theoretically. Now, I know you can say you can drown with a cup of water. Yes, I get that. I, what is the official, like, humans can drown? I don't remember. In the, an inch of water or something like yeah, that? Yeah, something like that. But here's the thing. It's not something you couldn't get out of. And, but he was drunk, though. He was impaired. Well, there's that. But. But. And this is a big but. Mm-hmm. And I cannot lie. I love a big butt. <laughs> you other brothers can't deny. Hold on. Before you say that, it's they, you can drown in less than two inches or six centimeters of water. For my non, for my non-freedom unit people. And for the rest of Americans, that's about as much as your thumb. Is it? Yeah, less than two inches. Yeah, it is. That's because terrifying. we can't even use inches either here in America. No, yeah, we'll use anything but inches in. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, anyways, here's the thing. They found the water in his lungs and all that, but they didn't attribute the death to drowning. It's almost like oh, the water... Didn't have that much. Yeah. yeah, the water was there because his body was in that little creek that or river. That doesn't make sense. You don't get water in your lungs unless you're drowning. I couldn't tell you. Uh, well, definitely. So we're definitely going to do an. I think it's, I think our interest is showing we will probably do a full episode with the actual factual cases with the information because this is all from memory. Because, you know, we do our research here. I did. Hey, I think I did pretty good on pen pal to this time around. I'm pretty happy with my, with my research, but, um, yeah, so we'll definitely do an episode on missing 411 because it is just, it is a ride from beginning to end and love, love David Politis or hate him. It is compelling and interesting. And my whole thought is if it brings to light cases that need to be solved, puts it in the spotlight, somebody will know somebody has to have yeah. seen or somebody has to have heard or somebody somebody has to know something somewhere not just that like you know we've all had those moments where you're just walking down the street or something and you see something kind of odd or out of place and then later on mm-hmm. you know somebody says oh there was this thing that happened and somebody went missing it's like wait a minute no I think I, I was, was there. there. Yeah, I was there and I saw this and I you know or it's like I remember uh, reading or there was a case where a man went to go throw his trash away 
Uh-huh. He went to take his garbage out to the bin. Yeah. And he was never seen again. Really? Yeah. I don't and, remember that one. Uh, I don't know if it was a missing 411 or if it was just like... I mean, I don't think YouTube. it was missing 411 because if it was missing 411, it had to have to be in like a national park. Or well, you now that you mention that, Politis does have a separate set of parameters for people who get lost in city limits. I am pretty far behind them because I don't, I didn't know that. It's not talked about as much as the rest. Fair enough. There's probably not as much as a supernatural element to it. Right. But it, it's just, it's terrifying to me because, you know, we live in an apartment complex where our crash receptacle is a little bit further than I'd like to walk. Yeah. Especially because I'm a lazy bitch. And we live in a somewhat unsavory part of our town. <laughs> and so thinking about putting myself in that headspace of that man who literally wasn't even he had his own home and you know you have those trash bins that you roll out to the edge of your property to be picked up on a Tuesday or whatever never mind that this is your home a place you're supposed to feel safe exactly and comfortable. he he didn't even lock his door he went out of his door he took his bag bag with him I think he lived alone I don't think he had anybody and he goes out to throw his trash and gone never gone. seen again I don't even think they found his body just never seen again. Now, not to make light of the situation, but what if he just had a Forrest Gump moment and just wanted to run? He just left. He pieced the fuck yeah, out. Yeah, he just started running. He was just like, bye. I'm out of here. I don't need any of this. I'm done. Maybe he was having some kind of existential crisis and was just like, I'm out. I just, I choose to, I reject this reality and decide to substitute it with a new one. And now I'm gone. Yeah. It is compelling and terrifying. So those were just some of the things that made us go what the fear this week. Yeah, and kind of to to really drive home how much we want your uh, local stories or your personal experiences, I think next episode we should do, because I don't know if any of our viewers really know, but ghosts aren't the same based on where you're telling stories we were just talking about this yesterday and so i have some ghost stories that my grandmother used to tell me (gasps) and that some co-workers told me from mexico now here's the thing yes a neighboring country and yet ghosts are so completely different yes from the way we have basically turned them in hollywood because now you go to Mexico, you know, and you watch YouTube videos about hauntings in Mexico and it's moves like stuff moving they're around. They're different. Yeah, they're you know, they're parallel to what we exp- we experience in the US. But if you actually listen to the old urban legends the of ghost tales. stories and stuff like that, yeah. they are so different that if you were to listen to some of the stories I'm going to say next week about the ghosts mm-hmm. that my grandmother told me, <gasps> I can't wait. I think you would see ghosts in a different light. It is down to the difference in culture, especially because in Mexico, death is a completely different situation. Yes, it's celebrated. It's celebrated. It's not that they, not to paint them as people who love death, like, yes, murder, kill, but more so that it is a natural part of life. And it's about celebrating the person's life, not mourning their lo- the loss of their life. Yeah. And that they're beautiful, and that their passing is going to be a smooth and peaceful one. That they're they're yes, that they're done. They've paid their dues, and now it's time for them to rest where they belong. Yes, I love that. Well, anyways, that will be next episode. So stay tuned. I'll be probably hitting it from the because I'm a weeb. uh, Probably hitting it from the Asian side: Japan, Korea, North Korea. I'm sorry, South Korea. Uh, South Korea, maybe a little bit of Filipino. And like I said, these are stories that were told to me by real people. I love that. That that I wish I had. But oh, so good. I'm so excited for next week. Yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, a few, just a little bit of like housekeeping. I already mentioned our website. But again, uh, our website is WTFearCast.com. I couldn't have made it more convoluted if I wanted to. Uh, I tried getting the domain What the Fear, and it was like one of those where they buy the website and then you want they want you to make an offer because they want to make a hundred dollars on it. Of course. So I don't have that kind of money. I paid nine dollars for our domain. <laughs> <laughs> so um, 
And of course, our podcast is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can also uh, listen to it on YouTube, on our YouTube channel. All of those links will be on our website as well. And uh, one thing that I'm going to be doing with the website pretty soon is I'm going to be putting down our art, the articles that we've referenced, and then also um, maybe expand the articles with something, some new content based on that episode that won't be in the episode for your reading pleasure. Sounds good. Yeah, just something additional. And uh, but you can all and you can also listen to our podcast directly on the website because I have the f- files directly there that you can listen to. So you can there's so many places you can listen to it. I don't know why you would want to, though. You but could. more power to you. You could. And then we have a um, we also have a Twitter and Instagram. Instagram has nothing on it because I'm still thinking about what I want to do with it. But our Twitter is at WT Fearcast. So like everything else. And help us grow. Share us with your friends. Rate us on Apple Podcasts or whatever you listen to us on. It's time to shill. Yeah, shill us out, baby. Tell everybody about us if you like us. Uh, Leave us some comments. Give us some feedback. I know we have a lot to grow and work on. This is something that's just for fun. Well, here's the thing. She said, if you like us, share us. Even if you don't like us, share us. Maybe you hate someone so much that you want them to be (laughs) bored to death by our commentary. Yes, and I don't want just good comments and feedback. I want all feedback. So if there's something that we need to work on, I'd love it if you'd let us know about it. One thing I don't need to work on is my special effects sounds. (laughs) No, they are top tier. And then, of course... Again, I must please ask you if you have any stories. Uh, it is wtfearcast at gmail.com. Send us your true stories. Send us your favorite creepy pastas. Yeah. And, anything. And a lot of us not really saying a whole lot. And re- our show is mostly here's what we found. We hope you enjoy it as much as we do because. There's so much legal jargon behind all this. Well, other yes, stuff as well. Um, this isn't uh, this isn't a podcast where we read verbatim everything. This is a podcast where we talk about things that we like and what we like about them, and we give our own personal opinions and thoughts and ideas on it to share with you guys to start a dialogue, and then you guys can take that information, throw it in ye old Google, and then read up on it yourself, and then you can continue the dialogue with us. Uh, in our comments, in our on YouTube, on our website, which will have a comment system very soon, uh, and on, on Apple Podcasts or whatever you listen to it on that you can rate and comment. Continue the dialogue with us on social media, whatever. Just something to get the conversation going. This is just us saying, hey, I like this thing. What do you think about this thing? Yeah. You know? And Pretty much. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, and at some point, we're hoping to get our intros and outros just a little bit smoother. But nah, I like this improv stuff. <laughs> you, like, you like us going into straight sidebars left and right. That's how it rolls, baby. That's, That's how, how we do it here. And yeah, so we, we, and we're coming to you from a very unique perspective of people who like these darker subjects. But yet when we try to talk to our friends and other people who claim to like these things... They have no idea what we're talking about. Yeah, so so we're spread li- the word. Spread the word. We're doing. We're yeah. spreading the shred. We're spread that shred. Spread that love everywhere. And yeah, so I hope you enjoyed this episode of What the Fear. I mean, yeah, I I, I had fun with it, especially because we did a whole lot of talking about nothing. We literally, I think, we just had the very barest of cliff notes in our in our script this week, and we just and I love that. I love it way, way more than our last couple of episodes. Not just that. It also, like I said, gets us out of, you know, some legal jargon. But, you know. <laughs> well, because, um, so just a little bit of behind the scenes about this. When I when we decided to talk about creepypastas, especially considering the No Sleep subreddit. No, no, no shade on the No Sleep subreddit. No, they no, have I their rules. It. They have their rules and I'm cool to abide by them. But there is this gray area about Reddit. Um, I know a lot of YouTubers read posts from Reddit and stuff like that. And uh, I didn't know exactly legally what we could do without getting DMCA'd. So I figured we would take a more casual approach approach to it, less editorial, more just conversational, and just sit and talk about these subjects and these stories that we love so much in a way that you would talk to it about your friend. Like, hey, check this out. Yeah. So. I feel very fulfilled with this episode today.
I am very happy with this episode. So to all of you listening, good night. And when you're climbing those stairs, you notice something out of the corner of your eye that shouldn't be there. Don't think to yourself, what the fear? She's getting really good at these these little what the fear inserts. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye. Intro and outro music provided by Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com. The track is Dark Walk, and you can find the link in the description below. 